Good morning and welcome. It's 8.06. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelers, where the answer is always yes. Small Texas town, Uvalde, Texas. 19 children, two adults dead. Active shooter reported around 11.30 yesterday morning. Rob Elementary School It's about 85 miles west of San Antonio. Police say the gunman and former student was identified as an 18-year-old, entered the school wearing body armor. Uh, finally, after, uh, you know, he killed many, uh, he was taken out by law enforcement. In fact, my understanding is it's actually a Border Patrol agent that's part of an elite team. If they uh, lift Title 42, if they would have lifted it when they said they were on the 23rd, he probably would have been too busy to respond to that, honestly. Oh, absolutely. So that's just something to think about. Yeah. Uh, joining us now, OPD's chief, uh, Mike Balkin. Chief, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. I hope you guys are doing okay on uh, on, on a very sad and extremely frustrating day for our country. Yeah, it, it, it is in so many different levels, as you know. I mean, and and well, you know, just a real quick look. I don't think the president did anybody any favors by going down that old, tired, you know, decrepit answers that he gave. It it led to nothing. We want to take a more proactive approach. So with that, I guess I'll ask you. We've done some solidifying, some fortifying of our schools in the state of Florida. Are there other states that can mimic that? Are those good moves? And can we do more here in the Sunshine State, like maybe utilize volunteers to a greater degree? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think Florida, after certainly after after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting, Florida uh, took some actions to to certainly harden, uh, make hardened targets out of our out of our schools around the state. Uh, you know, erecting fences where there weren't any, creating one ingress. Uh, 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 egress uh, point uh, to, to the schools, uh, ensuring that there were uh, uh, school resource officers on every school campus, uh, uh, you know, based on the population of schools. Sometimes there's more than one officer. So, yeah, I think we've we've done a lot of, uh, taken a lot of great steps uh, in, in hardening those targets uh, to secure our, our schools and protect our kids, the most vulnerable of our society. Um, but you know, my, you know, my concern there, and and I certainly think other states should should follow suit, and uh, and I do think we could do more with. Uh uh, you know, school staff, uh, certain school staff who are properly trained and properly background checked, uh, being armed to, to take quicker action to prevent as much bloodshed as we possibly can when, when these incidents arise. But, you know, I caution people, uh, because I talk about this topic, we talk about this topic all the time. Uh, I, I caution people that, you know, you know Yes, we need to harden our school targets and, and make sure our kids are safe. Uh, but it's important to realize we, we do live in a free society, and when one target becomes hardened, there's plenty of others. And, and I, I certainly don't want to be on the phone with you on this, on this interview giving somebody potential ideas. But we live in a free society, and, and we've seen this happen at you know shopping malls, at grocery stores, at movie theaters, you name it. And, and quite frankly, you know, it, it, when you start talking about you know, hardening of targets, the schools certainly, uh, but it's it's just impossible to harden every target in a free society. And uh, you know, and we've seen this happen at other areas. I I, I think this is a bigger conversation. Quite frankly, we know, uh, Bob, that the debate will rage on with politicians about gun control and uh, uh, cr- 
criminalization of mental health, and you name it, the list goes on and on. We've heard this, uh, uh, a, a lot of this uh, rhetoric back and forth for, for decades, and it's done little good to, to help uh, uh, law enforcement, everybody really, to, to secure our kids and make everybody safe. I, I really believe, you know, that this is a... Uh, a mental health issue that begins in the home. I, I believe that. I talk about that. I've talked about that with you a lot about, uh, you know, uh, uh, poor parenting, um, you know, uh, the advancement of our society as it relates to um, uh, online presences and, th- and th- things like that that are just really, um, I-, I think, tearing apart the-, the fundamental nature of a nuclear family, and it results in all sorts of problems that uh, lead to, uh, to potentially violence and-, and leads a kid to seeing a pair of handcuffs or, or sometimes worse. So uh, it- this is a big discussion, but uh, uh, something that's going to rage on, I think, as you said, uh, uh, in the political world for for quite some time just if you don't mind kind of walk me through it okay let's say i'm a parent i live in ocala um and and actually you know my wife and i are doing we're trying really hard we we have maybe a child that has some difficulties maybe he was born with those some genetic issues or whatever you know we are trying to be good parents the kids become unruly his attitude is suffering terribly he has said some violent things we're really getting very very concerned he's a teenager now we hoped he'd grow out of it etc and then he does something violent in the home and and what where do parents turn i would have thought maybe the thing they would do is they would call law enforcement so tell me what the law enforcement role would be in a case like that and how we can maybe improve on that in some way yeah you know so so typically uh once we get the call we're going to try to do we're going to try to 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 not criminalize that kid as much as we can obviously domestic violence situation we've got to take action but you know we're going to do everything we can to refer that family to get help and and quite frankly there's plenty of options out there you know we're obviously partners i'll have i'll be in a meeting with uh, the department of children and families today uh to discuss that very thing hey what what can we do better uh but but there's there's help out there there's certainly counseling at the school level we have our victim advocates here that can help, and we help steer those parents to uh, a plethora of, of, of assisting agencies out there that are available to help to keep that kid from, you know, from from delving further into violence and tearing that family apart. But you know, that that's a responsible parent that you're that you're describing right there. But you know, I, I want to talk about uh, more importantly. Uh, the, the 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 we what we deal with pr- primarily is that irresponsible parent, and I'll give you a quick example. This is anecdotal, but I I think it's important. An example uh, that's personal to me. I've got three brothers, so four of us boys. Uh, we all grew up. We have kids. Three of us are very involved in the lives of our kids as they were growing up. I mean, proactive in their schoolwork, uh, very uh, uh, communicative with their teachers. Uh, we we were involved in the, their daily lives as they grew up. Um, ensured they participated in extracurricular activities. Spent time with them nurtured their development, and they were the most important things in our lives. And all three of us have very successful, well-adjusted uh, kids who are really va- already valuable contributing members of our of our society. The fourth brother, uh, in a, love him to death, had little to do with his kids. You know, these kids had little support at home with schoolwork. They did very little together as a family. The babysitter became an iPhone uh, for these kids at a very young age. Uh, and each one of these kids, three kids, uh, is in therapy. 
Two are on medication, and both of those have spent time, an incredible amount of time in a mental health facility uh, due to all sorts of issues, violence and, and behavioral issues and things like that. Uh, so with that said, uh, you, you know, I, I think that's, uh, although anecdotal, I do think that tells a story. I think we have, you know, um, Ill, a lot of ill-equipped parents that are either unwilling or unable to uh, to be that, that parent. And quite frankly, when we look at a lot of these shootings, Bob, that have, that have occurred around the country, I don't know enough about this shooting. I'm real careful to, to talk about things that we don't have all the information on. But many of these shooters around the country, these parents absolutely knew that there was something going on in that kid's life. Um, uh, and they could, there were so many red flags and warning signs, and those shootings could have been prevented had that parent taken, taken an action uh, like you just described, like a parent calling law enforcement for help before something really excuse me, really terrible happened. Here, here's the thing about, I know we did studies, and they say don't get a kid in the system too early. And you, you mentioned it. You said, you know, we don't want to criminalize right away, et cetera. And I get that. However, now that we do have some red flag laws and things like that and warning signs, if, if we don't criminalize to some extent, doesn't mean you have to put the kid away, but mm-hmm. document right. to such an extent that it would appear on an FBI thing. So, so at least it's acknowledged that, yes, this person has had some issues. So you have documentation. So being in the system, maybe not incarcerated per se, but in the system is in terms of paperwork. So there can be follow up uh, if they try to purchase a gun. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, you know, I, I have issues with uh, somebody with with th- that type of history having access to a firearm. But obviously, it poses a threat to, you know, the the safety and well being of our citizens. Which is that that's my job. That's our fundamental role that we play uh, in our society. And 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 don't get me wrong. When I say you know we shouldn't be arresting and incarcerating all these kids, uh, I, I I get that. But but I say that meaning that we as a society have to have a a play a larger role in the in the lives of these problem kids at a much younger age once they get to 15 16 years old uh, I think it's time where we, you have to stop treating criminals like victims and victims like criminals and uh, you know we handle we approach these kids with, with the, these these uh, violent juvenile offenders uh, with kid gloves uh, uh, nobody wants to incarcerate them we hold them for 21 days they laugh at the cops they get right back out and we're going through that right now with a kid that's on our been on our radar for more than a year we know he's been involved in multiple shootings we just picked him up on another gun charge had a gun under his seat uh, uh, we can't hold him for more than 21 days and the kid told his buddies that hey don't worry about this we'll be out in less than 21 days I've been through this before case will be dropped this is like a 15 year old kid Bob that knows wow. the system that well and that kid needs to be incarcerated so yeah when I say that I I, I just want to be clear uh, yeah I, I agree with you know with the uh, uh, the, the studies that show, yeah, you don't want to incarcerate a 10-year-old kid. I understand that. But, you know, when you're 15 and you know the system better than half my cops, uh, there should be a place for you. And at a time when we're, you know, we spent the last couple decades, de- I'll quote, unquote, decriminalizing mental health, shutting down mental health hospitals, kicking these uh, these folks out and putting them squarely on the backs of the local taxpayer and local law enforcement without any safety net, this is the result of that. And, and you know, I think we fail to keep, I say keep score, uh, we fail to remember that. And uh, and then we scratch our heads and wonder, why why is all this going on? What, what do you mean, why is it going on? This is this is exactly where we, you know, law enforcement told you we would be when we were making these changes. Right on, uh, Chief. We're, we're, 
you, you know, when we when we when we change the score sheet on on the, for these juveniles and say, well, you got to have you know all these convictions before we send you away to a long term uh, program. That's a problem, brother, and and uh, and we're seeing that, and it is extremely frustrating. I can't imagine what those family members uh, are going through right now out in Uvalde. I really can't. It's a it's a very very sad day. Chief Balkan, no, I just I I have to thank you very much. I'm pressed for time, but. Thank you very much. And you gave us a lot to think about, talk about, and man, it was really some good stuff. A very balanced approach. We appreciate your time. It's 818. You're listening to News Talk 97.3 The Sky.